There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Y'all, we're back. We are back. We are back, back baby. <laughs> it feels like we never left. It truly does. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we took a little break. We took some time to recharge. You know, holiday season came through, and we were like, let's press pause on the pod real quick. It's also important to note that group golf therapy is just one of the things that each of the three of us is part of. And, you know, we, we it's it's good to focus on other parts of your life, other parts of your work, other parts of your creativity. So that felt good. We needed that. We, we would be fraudulent if we didn't admit that we needed to take time for our own mental health <laughs> and and man made made each one of us a priority in our own lives so it's true yeah i mean we, we we practice what we preach but we're back for season two i i'm really excited to get back into the swing of things we've already recorded a few episodes we do have another 20 coming at you for season two we also went out to la together and and you'll hear more about that we shot something for scratch that'll air in a couple months so the, the future is bright for group golf therapy I'm so excited to get that content out, uh, and I'm really excited for that pod to drop too. That was a good one. Like that we really, really got to love on each other in person, and yeah, it's like that. That's what we're about here on this podcast: the, the relationships, the love, the the togetherness, the brotherhood, platonic male friendship. Yes, <laughs> and more in person loving on each other to come in 2022 as well, which we're yes we're planning absolutely in other. Mind Your Media Group Golf Therapy News. Some of you probably know that we debuted another show on our channel, Loose Impediments, hosted by the uber-talented, uber-confident, uber-badass Shank Haney, a.k.a. Jock Cousteau, a.k.a. Liz Breed, and <laughs> Maya Reddy. Um, I'm so excited for this show to be part of our family. I mean, it's a long time coming. It was uh, it was written on in the first two episodes of Group Golf Therapy. We knew that, you know, these two were were fam. We knew that they were gang and uh, we just had to follow that through. I'm excited for these two. They're they're bringing some hot takes like you ain't never heard before in your life. Uh, and and what better way to practice what we preach by uh by talking about uh, inclusivity (laughs) not exclusivity (laughs) (laughs) um then then teaming up with two badass women who know what the hell they're talking about um maya is one of the most knowledgeable human beings on the planet about all things um and it just so happens that she's really good at golf (laughs) so um this is this is great we always make the claim that we are not professionals uh, when it comes to mental health, but we are bringing two former professional golfers into the fold. So we do have we do have a little bit more clout now. I think. legitimacy check because yeah yeah <laughs> he yeah we we got people that got paid to golf, unlike us who have not gotten paid to do anything. We paid to golf, golf world, still. Really. Yeah, we pay we paid to golf. So <laughs> that's true. It's Hit true. us up for your next member guest. So Loose Impediments <laughs> is going to be, I mean, you can find it everywhere that we release our podcasts. So it's just, it's really exciting for us to have everything under one roof and and share a, a diverse spread of content. Like like Brad said, that's that's what we're about. So it's cool to be a part of that. Also, this show featuring, uh, it's sort of a collaborative pod. Um, we've done a couple of these before, but this was really cool because this was the first one that I felt like we were really in the in the hot seat on on our own couch 
uh, Andrew Haynes from Fair Game interviewed us last night. That was a lot of fun. It was. I never met Andrew before uh, in person or uh, virtually, and I feel like that that's that's brethren right there. <laughs> that, <laughs> Andrew, uh, welcome back on the couch anytime, man. And I hope that when he's in LA, like you said, we can we can tee it up. That that has to happen. Um, I'm I'm excited from from being able to connect with connect with Andrew because, like a lot of the other folks that we've had on the show. It feels like worlds colliding. Uh, Andrew Haynes is a, a creative director, designer extraordinaire based in, in New York City. And he's uh, worked on some really amazing projects in his advertising world days. And uh, obviously a very uh, snazzy dresser as well. So someone that I I really uh, enjoy seeing his content when it comes to his, his fashion sense. So for me, I mean, I've been, we've been circling the same worlds for a while and and seeing him transform into the the golf content creator now, mm. it's uh, it yeah, it's, it seems like it's been a long time coming to connect. So, um, yeah, we're really thankful to to do this collaborative effort with with Fair Game and and GGT, and and we're excited to have you listen to our our conversation. God, that man carries himself well. Right, I feel like Drew, uh, like we entered the Andrew verse last night because not <laughs> only is is he like the you know Andrew's like the style creative dude, but he's also a dad, husband, golfer. Like we just we just entered the the yeah. Andrew verse, and y'all were just like I just saw the link being connected, like like in Avatar, the Halo, the, <laughs> the mm. connection. Yeah. I saw it happening. <laughs> That's right, and I mean it should be said, Fair Game as well is a really interesting media property in the golf space right now. I mean, it was, it was co-founded between Adam Scott, ever heard of him as in masters champion, Adam Scott. That's really, really yeah, cool. Right. Uh, yeah. He's, he's decent at golf. So Adam Scott, Eric Mayville, Ben Clymer from Hodinkee and Andrew was employee number one as like the executive creative director who has all the design sensibilities in the world. So he's about to take fair game to a really, really good place, uh, including with its podcast. So, I'm excited to be a part of it and share this conversation with y'all. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's enjoy. Welcome back to the Fair Game Podcast. I'm Andrew Haynes, your host. And for today's episode, we're going to be sitting down with the guys over at Group Golf Therapy. We're going to be doing, I guess you can call it a collab pod. So let's get started. I've never done a collab pod before. This is my first collab pod, so you guys are going to have to show me the ropes. Okay, cool. Well, Andrew Haynes, welcome. Uh, Drew, welcome. Connor, <laughs> welcome. Um, we're all guests today. We're all guests. Everyone is everyone is a guest. Yeah. Member guest. <laughs> I like right. that. Just don't get into trouble. Don't break anything. That's right. the number one rule of a member yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Have you played in a, in a member guest before, Andrew? I have not. Here's the thing about me with golf. I, you know. I'm a bit of a hack. Like I get on the weekends and play when I can. Uh-huh. I have never played in any type of competition, you know, anything that requires, you know, a, a high level of, of skill uh, without embarrassing myself. I've just avoided that type, that type of golf for, for the longest. I've like recently I'm more interested in like playing because it does seem fun. Right. right. And I think when you kind of have that level of like, you know, com- competitiveness, it makes it interesting. But Look, if any of my friends that are members at clubs, like, 
I am more than happy to show up and play with them on a casual day, but I don't want to be your friend that just like drags you, you know, at the member guest. That's like, fair. You know, well, I'll yeah, say this as someone, know. as someone who's caddied at a lot of member guests in the past, um, there mm-hmm. is typically a tier in the field that is not there to play well. And I would say, <laughs> I would say 85% of that tier is there for other reasons. Um, but right. But there's still part of that tier that like tries really hard, but just, you know, can't can't really scrape it around. And those people you got to root for because they're there. They show up. So for sure, I wouldn't I wouldn't be discouraged from from trying to join a field. I think it'd be fun. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I can I consider myself to be, you know, in the film industry. I would call that person an extra where <laughs> I'm just here. Just 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 be here. Be a body. Fill the space. <laughs> I need you to walk from here to here, smile, laugh when the camera's rolling. And that's it. And that's cool. And just do that. Yeah. And everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be here with you guys, though. Um, I mean, I feel like it's interesting. There's been so much dig- digital connection. Like, I've seen both of you guys on Instagram, which to me, I'm learning as I get older, is that it's not the real world. And just because you see someone on social media doesn't mean you know, like, you know, jack squat about them. True. So. I would just love to just like learn more about you guys. I'm sure our listeners would want to learn a little bit more. Um, I think one first and foremost, because I would say that like you guys are working in the golf space um, in a sense. So, mm-hmm. but before that, just a little bit about your stories of getting into the game of golf. Um, and then I would love to just unpack like, all right, well, you were in golf. How did you get into the game? And then like what inspired you to, you know, basically kind of make it part of your job? You know what I mean? Yeah. Drew, how'd you get into golf? Yeah. How did I get into golf? So I have been, I've been playing golf for a pretty long time. Um, I would say I probably started in third or fourth grade and I just, I I don't know. I just kind of gravitated towards the game. I, I didn't have any family members that played golf. Um, I had an uncle who was a, who was a golfer, but um, it wasn't someone that I saw super frequently. So um, but I think the one instance where I really decided that this is the sport for me was I was playing around with some some junky old clubs that were lying around our house. And the, the uncle that was a golfer was was over and, and he's like, you have a really good swing. Like, it's really natural and looks really, really good. And I was like, oh, OK. Like, no one's ever told me that about any other sport that I play, that it's natural. So. I think that that was what jump started started my my love for the game uh, because it was something that I was just naturally gifted at and also growing up in the late 90s early 2000s we had um Mr. Eldrick Woods to thank for all of our <laughs> our golf fandom so um watching Eldrick. Tiger yeah watching Tiger play was obviously one of the most phenomenal things uh you know in his in his stretch from 97 to 2008 um you know obviously just the the goat so that's that's really what fueled my love Uh, i played high school golf competitively and then i played college golf um d3 and then just kind of fell away from the game and until a a couple years ago basically 2019 2020 um and and it was actually tiger that got me back into the game winning Mm -hmm. the masters um I, i think with with him being out of contention for many years between you know, the, the 2010s, um, I just, I just wasn't super interested in watching, uh, professional golf and then yeah, Tiger winning the masters just brought me right back. And then I was like, you know, I should, 
try to play golf again. I think this could be fun. And then, uh, yeah, 2020 played a lot of golf, found these gentlemen here and the rest is history, but enough about me. What about you, Connor? (laughs) Yeah. I, um, first of all, I love that tiger got you into the game twice, not just once, but (laughs) twice. That is, that is (laughs) super cool. And I think speaks to just his, his impact globally in the sport. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, growing up, I detested golf. I really didn't like it. I grew up outside of Boston with not a lot of money, and I golf to me represented wealth. It represented privilege. It rep- represented power. And you know, in in New England, I think in general, a a pretty large portion of who I perceived golfers to be were you know belonged at country clubs and um, had gates outside, and and I was not part of that. Um, when I was in high school, a friend came to me, uh, and said, I have this really cool idea for you to make money. I think you'd be good at it. I was like, interested. Okay. Um, (laughs) that could go so many different ways, by the way. Yes. And, and for me, like at the time I was interested regardless, I was like money, need it. Awesome. Uh, impending college debt. Excellent. Um, and he said, come to the golf course with me and carry some bags and you'll make cash under the table and meet some cool people, uh, good networking, and you get some money. And I didn't know what a caddy was, but that's ultimately what I became. And when I got to the caddy yard, I was, I w- it was at a, a country club right outside Boston. I was shown a side of golf that I'd never seen before. Obviously, I was confronted with a country club and members and, and people of privilege and I still resented that side of things. But on the other side, I saw this cultural underbelly that I had never encountered in the golf world before. People who had this hierarchical-like structure and discipline and organization, but were salty dogs, people who live under aliases and um, you know, live second lives. And, and the stories that I, I saw or the people that I met in the Caddyshack, I immediately gravitated to um, because I felt for the first time in golf, there was a place for me. So I, I fell in love with the sport that way, connected with a lot of people, uh, started playing. And because of the course, we had privileges every Monday and Tuesday, I think. And that became my obsession. I just dove into it head first. Obviously, the cash was amazing. Um, and it, but it, But more deeply, I think it instilled meaning for me in some way or another. It was a chance to be outside. It was a chance to to walk with people and have conversations with folks that I might ordinarily not meet um, in my in my day-to-day life. And that took me to to college. I played in college as well. Um, which is not saying much again. It was like if you can make it through 18 <laughs> holes, you're pretty much on the team. Um, and sort of like Drew, I I fell out of it for a little while, got really burnt out after college, and then At the start of the pandemic, I was laid off from my job um, where I was working an in-house PR position. And I was like, I really want to go caddy again. At the beginning of 2020 in a pandemic, that wasn't exactly possible. But I was like, you know what? I have a lot of stories about caddies from my time as a caddy. And these, again, these sort of like nefarious beings who sort of like, like ghosts drift through this underbelly, this cultural underbelly in golf. I'm going to start writing about it. So I started a blog 
that sort of led me to write for other, other publications. And now I host the group golf therapy podcast with Brad and Drew. Nice. It's so interesting. Like caddies. I feel that anytime I've played at a course and played with a caddy, it is always someone with a very interesting personality, lots of unique stories and lots of unique perspectives. I don't know what exactly it is about a caddy. Maybe it's because they meet so many different types of people just like at work. Like I sit behind a desk and I'm lucky to meet, you know, two or three different people in a week. And that's a busy week. Right. It's, it's interesting to be in a line of work where you're around that many type of people. And to your point of like, you know, it's kind of, I, I compare it to, you know, my days of working in advertising where there are days where I'm at my desk and I'm designing. And then there are the days where the cli- where the clients in the office and you kind of have to put on that face, if you will. Right. Yeah. So you have to, you, you, you have to be this two-sided coin, this chameleon. And it's interesting like, and it's a masterful skill because some people in life, they have to be able to like be that chameleon to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting where like caddies are probably some of the masters in terms of like, you know, being able to just flip on a coin and be- become a person to, to talk to and connect to the person that they're spending four hours with. Like it's a, it's a powerful thing. That's exactly it. We're, we're chameleons, we're shapeshifters and, you know, it's all in the pursuit of money. And, and that's the thing is like, it's not, it's not used for nefarious reasons. Like, you know, I'm sure there, there are tons of people who have that quality, that, that ability to change face with whoever they're speaking to or, or trying to get something from who can use that power for evil. Right. But, um, but I think with, with caddying, it, it brings a lot out of, out of the person that they're working for. And ultimately, you know, you, you make connections. And like you said, you hear a lot of stories from these folks and, that's that's been part of my like goal is to help share these stories with more people that might not have access to them because not everybody can play with a caddy because it's not cheap. Yeah, that's a whole thing in itself, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I kind of want to just play like I have friends that are members of some courses and um, they they'll have like just the caddy day where the caddies get to play and the caddies have a tournament and then exactly the members will members will caddy for the guests like. I would love to just play around and golf with a bunch of caddies and just hang out. And we're just, you know, man, that, that sounds fun. That's where, that's where I fell in love with the game. Like I said, it's, you know, Mondays were the course was ours and we yeah. roamed around in a group of 15 to 20 guys and women playing golf badly. But what, what was clear to me was like, the course doesn't care. The group of people right. that I'm playing with, they don't care if you're bad. It's just, it's about the social time. It's about nature. It's about, being together as a unit and and that's what i think golf has the power to do yeah uh i didn't want to go to jail and all the kids around me were uh heading in that direction and i saw a nice golf course across the street from my house so i figured this is what this is what good kids do so so i spent my time after school over there and uh uh from like that that kind of led to just like looking for more opportunities and then the guys at my church were really into golf the the older guys were really into golf and one of them handed me a club and was like come come hit this wedge real quick and I hit the best wedge shot of my entire life still at 32 years old I have not been able to replicate uh the compression (laughs) that I I hit the ball with 
but like I, I think that shot, I've been chasing that shot ever since. Wow, I love that hidden hidden wedges with the deacons, right? <laughs> yes, hidden wedges with the elders and the deacons. The, the deacons love some. They love some golf. That's a headline. They really do, <laughs> and they throw some fits right. too. What is that about? Uh, yeah, just old guys. It's just old guys, right? Yeah, it's old, old man old energy. Yeah. It's old yeah. church yeah. folk. It it's like it, like you always wore your best at church. Right. And I think the golf attire, traditional golf attire and church attire kind of go hand in mm. hand oh, in yeah. that way. If you got yeah. pleats on pleats. the pants, it's a good like it's a go. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You know there's a collar involved. You can go, yeah. You know there's a From collar. From church to the first tee. Yeah. yeah, you got it. It's it's pretty seamless. When when you gotta deliver a sermon at nine thirty, but the first tee is at your tea time is right, at eleven. Right. You gotta be quick. Right, ready to go. Change change your shoes and hit it. Hit the box. Yeah. That's, That's funny. It. Yeah. It's interesting, like, and it's so funny because I look at the faces in this podcast, right? And I think there's something really powerful about the people that are in this room. Obviously, different perspectives, um, different backgrounds in terms of like golf. But when you think of like all of these, I think there's a flood of new faces that are kind of like coming into golf from different angles and different perspectives and doing different things, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what got you guys to do what you're doing now and why now? Like, like there, there, there had to have been like something in a spark. Like obviously, you know, Drew and, and Connor talked about different sparks that got them into golf and you was well driving in terms of, hey, we want to start group golf therapy. Like, like why now? Yeah, I think I use this metaphor a lot. Um, I think the three of us were like, it, it, it's, it's like when you're driving down the highway in different lanes, but you're going the same speed and going to the same mm. destination. I think we were all, the three of us were on the internet generally, like not just Instagram, but like producing videos and writing articles and making social media content that was all geared speaking very similar language and maybe saying different things, but all with very clear intention and um, and a very clear mission to just make golf feel better for all of us um, personally and for the for our neighbors and and people next to us. And I think we both had that moment where we're driving down the highway and we look at each other and we're like, "Are we going to the same place? Should we just carpool? Yeah. Like, should we just get in the same spot and go there together?" And for me, anyways, that's that's what it felt like was. It started with a group text because we we loved what each other were doing and it basically just acted as a space for in a vacuum us to to gas each other up and say hey man that that video that you just made was really cool and it spoke to me and it taught me something and i'm going to share it and that turned into phone calls and video chats and us speaking really similar language which turned into an instagram live show which turned into a podcast um and I don't know, y'all, y'all fill in the rest. Cause yeah, it's like you, we, we were on the interstate and we actually <laughs> dialed six one one for rideshare information. And <laughs> 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 like, who actually does it? The three of us. Uh, and right. like, we, we learned rather quickly, like, Oh, this is a, this is a thing. Like, Oh, we're in this. Like we, mm -hmm. Personally, I just, I wanted a better relationship with the game because I was shunned. You know, I was I was like I got the finger wagged at me. I got the you know 
golf was what I thought it was, unfortunately. Yeah. That right. was my experience. So when I started making content and these two were like some of the first to hit me up, like, yo, keep going. This stuff is really good. It was like, mm-hmm. and and they don't look like me. Like that was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, snap. So this isn't just, I'm not just speaking to to black people because that was, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, selfishly, y'all, like I, I set out to to reach black people. I was like, I want to make content for this audience. But quickly right. I realized like, yo, the mission is bigger than just that. Yes, I right. want to to reach the hearts and minds of black people and, and try and get them into the game or try and make them feel safer, more comfortable, um, make the game as accessible as I can from where I stand. But I was speaking a universal language that these two tapped into. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah, wow. That, that car analogy is still, I'm kind of like, whoa, that makes so much sense. Because there is a lot of bet in golf and maybe, I don't know, I would say five years ago, maybe longer. It's like, we've all been on this road and maybe there's tons of traffic and there's all these other cars that are driving at different speeds. And, you know, you feel like, I don't know where these cars are going. Yeah. And then that pack kind of like separates. Then you, and then you find these other cars that are like, going your speed that that drive you drive the way you drive mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. everyone drives different some people drive crazy some people drive fast some people drive slow like it's interesting when you kind of find this pack of people that are like okay like you like to go you know six, 68 and 65 like i can i can roll with you like <laughs> yeah. you know okay yeah. you, you like taking stops every every hour and a half so we can kind of like get a snack like it's interesting when you find that tribe of people and yeah. then you can say like let's just go together because I do think there's a lot of that happening in golf now, just For because sure. obviously the popularity is raising and there are more people coming into the room. And on one hand, and I don't know what the traditional big golf media thinks about this. I'd be curious to hear your perspectives as well. But that like, I don't think there's ever been a time in history where there's there have been this many new faces and voices in golf. Mm-hmm. And like everybody's coming to the party. Um, and obviously, you know, the guests of said party are used to doing things a certain way and that's cool. But then there, when there are more guests showing up, um, you know, and you're used to, you know, only serving a certain kind of food or playing a certain kind of music. And it's like, Hey, like there's a new squad here. Like, you know, let's put on some jazz. I'm just making things up. Right. Um, For sure. It's it's interesting to see what happens when, when, when that swell of people coming in to this new party, if you will, like, like what happens because at a certain point that that new crew that's coming in changes the tone and changes mm-hmm. the vibe of the party. And then like something has to change. Either whoever is that main DJ has to change the music and put something else on or sooner or later, like, is are people going to leave the party and go somewhere else? I don't know. But anyways, I think I think it's interesting. I feel like I'm rambling. But does that make sense? No, that, that totally makes sense. And yeah. I yeah, I I. I completely agree it's like and 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 we we even said this before we started recording right it's like everyone has a podcast these days yes and that's great like no one Mm -hmm. no one in golf should be looking around and say like oh this person just started a new podcast they're my competition no right like there's room for everybody in this space and if anything like get as many bodies in here as possible to to drive innovation to drive creativity and most importantly Mm -hmm. to drive inclusion and access and for sure i think yeah like there's there's probably a there's a bubbling point i don't know what that is but there is there will be a point where 
there's enough noise down here at the independent level or whatever you want to call it that mm -hmm. will force the hand of people who have the keys to the kingdom. So, yeah, all the for literal it. Literal kingdom, tailor made. Hit, hit us up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit us up, tailor made. <laughs> hit, hit us up. We need self drivers. Yeah, just, we need that rigs. Yeah, just, <laughs> just go ahead and cut rigs loose. <laughs> we'll take that. Um, I think I think the the other thing that that we see that moves the needle and it's if, like for me I didn't come into playing golf because I thought it was cool like golf in the early 2000s was probably one of the dorkiest things you could do I mean the guys <laughs> you know the guys that were good were like Brad Faxon and and just like kind of just like guys just look at like people's dads like um, people no, Dad, didn't think of, yeah I mean clearly tiger changed the game because he was an actual athlete like he worked out he looked like a, an nfl linebacker like he was different right. but i didn't no, no one else thought that golf was cool so the mm -hmm. fact that now we have drake making nocta golf line with nike we have dj khaled making music videos on the golf course like that's that's honestly mind-blowing and, and it's insane that, that that's happening that there are that Jordan brand is making golf shoes. So right. I think and like you said, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see once this next generation of kids is older. And they're like, I grew up thinking golf was cool because none of us grew up thinking golf was cool. At least not to my knowledge. <laughs> Mason Diddy tried in the nineties. They tried. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a valiant they had a moment. effort. Very, a brief moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a flash in the pan. But we needed DJ Khaled uh, and Drake to breathe in French Montana to breathe life, life yeah, back into right. it. Right. Was that the video when when uh, DJ Khaled they had like a red Escalade ish type of golf cart? And yeah, and two drivers yeah. and uh, yeah. let's, yes. go let's go golfing. Yeah, that one. He also said, "Hand me." He hand, hand me, me the, the right. Driver. Did he say, "Hand me the right"? The right driver, yeah. right. Hand me the right driver, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, re regardless of whether that video was, like, riddled with inaccuracies, whatever. Right? I think, like, the, the point is, it was, but, yeah. like, the point is, he's he's making, like, people like him are making golf cool, and, and that matters to people, so... Right. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's it's a step in the right direction, but I will say full transparency as a as a golfer. And I've and I've felt this way a couple of times and I kind of had to check myself because I remember when I saw that video, mm -hmm. someone did something stupid. Like someone was like, I don't know. I don't know if like DJ Khaled like was 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 reading a, a putt in the fairway or yeah or or something. Probably. I was like, oh like and I was like, okay, at the minimum, because I'm also thinking about it from my my advertising days. Like, mm -hmm. when you do these things, you always have some type of like consultant, a consultant, or on, yes, a, a person, a person on set who's like, hey, just so you know, right, a golfer like who is giving you some tips on form. They're not, it's not perfect, right? But it's like, hey, we don't want to do anything that's like straight up wrong. Right? Brad, I know you but got some your thoughts point, about this. My blood is boiling. <laughs> about, a, but I'll let you finish. Yeah. Consultancy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. And, but then you're right, because it's like, on one hand, it's like, oh, like they did the golf thing. And then like, you know, somebody was wearing two gloves and was, you know, putting with a driver on the green and the golfers get really mad about it. Um, or then like Drake, I think those pictures of Drake, the ones pre line or at the very beginning of the line, I think he's like reading a putt in the fairway or something, which is fine. 
But at the end of the day, the fact that these people who are not traditional golf are taking a step in the right direction, it's like, you know, you have to applaud that. Got to start somewhere. And not get so like, you got to start yeah. somewhere. But yes, I'll let you, are, you have a consultancy issue. Is that what it you, is? Right? I just wish I were consulted more. <laughs> and it's <I> not, <laughs> it's not for lack of trying. It's not for lack of sending out cold emails. It's not for lack of, um, right. How many, let's see how many posts I have on my Instagram. It's not for lack of 85 posts proving that I know what I'm doing and, and can, can yeah. aid uh, a production. Um, but, uh, but, but you, you raise an interesting point, one that I don't often think about, and that's it's a step in the right direction. Like, we're, mm -hmm. we're not golf purists. Like that's almost the no. essence of what we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> um, right. But there's still something that just like sticks in my crawl. I've never said that out loud <laughs> about when there's just like, when there's inaccuracies and to be a, a little bit more transparent when it, when there's people of color involved, because Mm -hmm. that opens the door for people to say, see what happens. You know, we, we yeah, let them try that. golf and look at what they did. That's like, that's right. like the biggest fear. That's like the, the fear of dying alone. You know, that's at the crux of, of my, um, my frustration. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear that. And yeah, as a person of color, that is, that is a mindset that you think about in, probably almost every aspect yeah. of your life where if I'm in a place where normally people like me, office environment, golf course, wherever I'm here and you, you do what you, you think that you should do to blend in and bring the least amount of tension to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're right there. There is that part of you, like as a black man, where you're like, Oh dude, on the golf course, like, you know, he's standing on top of the golf cart, like backwards vise. You're like, Oh, you just kind of like, damn, but, but really, but you have to, but you have to take a step back and be like, look, like that's, oh, that's not right. a bad thing. And like that, that cultural mentality that has taught us to think that's bad. We, we mm -hmm. have to check that because yeah. it's not healthy. You're right. It's, it's totally, I, I'm, I'm totally willing to admit that it's unhealthy, <laughs> but it's, it but is. it's hard. It's hard it to is. do. Uh, yeah. Especially like given, given my experiences, um, ones that I don't feel uh, totally, uh, I feel, I feel like my experiences have been validated in large part, but the scars haven't all the way been healed. So mm -hmm. for sure, there's just, I'm still holding on to like a little bit of that thing, you know, like I got to get mine mm. first. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what that is. We're working on it though. I hear <laughs> Enter yeah, group golf time. therapy. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Can we talk about therapy for a second? Because when I saw you guys and I was like, oh, group, group golf therapy, like, what is this about? Um, like, I when I take a step back and I look at, obviously, the state of the world and there is this larger, I think, sense of awareness when it comes to mental, mental, mental awareness, excuse me, self-care, mm -hmm. um, you know, just taking care of yourself and making sure that like, you know, 
you are, are putting yourself as number one, which is easier said than done sometimes, mm-hmm. um, especially with men these days, right? Obviously, like, you know, men, men and women play golf, but just thinking about you guys have having an interesting perspective and in using golf as this form of like therapy. I have my own perspectives on like what golf has done for me as, as like a human, but I love to hear from each of you guys, like, you know, what from a therapeutic perspective, what, what does golf bring to your life outside of low scores and, and birdies and whatnot? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, like, first and foremost, we will repeat agnosium. We are not mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. And zero, yes. zero percent of our show is us like, trying to diagnose somebody or like, even give advice to people. Right. It's, it's really what it is for me. And I'll let the both of you guys weigh on in this too, obviously, is just like, we're all on a mental health journey mental health is a, is a never is a never ending spectrum to a certain degree and mm-hmm. the the power of our show for me is to be able to learn from other humans who happen to play golf and happen to feel some kind of way about it and i think that's what golf gives me is education um it holds a mirror up to myself and it holds a handshake out from somebody else who i've never met before and I think that's really powerful um, for for me to examine myself, how I succeed, how I fail, how I get creative, um, and then to watch other people in those types of situations as well, and have to have conversations with them and and learn about what what makes them tick, what they're thinking about, what type of problems they like to solve day to day basis, and that's to me, anyways, the power of where our show comes in is it normalizes those types of conversations on a vulnerable level, like you said, Andrew, between men, where oftentimes, especially in media, those types of conversations are not only not present, but actively shunned and actively discouraged. What I think our show does really, really well is the three of us genuinely love each other so much. And we put platonic male relationships on full display. And it just gives me such joy to talk to these guys every week and every day, frankly, um, that's, that's what it gives to me. Sorry. That was a long time. Awesome. <laughs> no, it was good. No, it was beautiful. He ate that up. He teed it up perfectly. Um, yeah. I mean, basically ditto what, what Connor said, but I think, well, I mean, one of the, the reasons why I felt like this group and, why the podcast format was going to work for what we're doing is some of my favorite podcasts, they, they very much feel therapeutic for the, um, not only the guest, but maybe even the, uh, the interviewer that, you know, you have these deep conversations and you unpack things and I'm like, man, like this just, this is basically like what therapy is, but it's being recorded and put Mm -hmm. out into the world. Um, and I think that that's one thing that is so special about what we do and unique and like what Connor said, it brings me great joy to, to do this every, every week is j- just learning about humans. And um, I, I think the one thing that Brad or and Connor have said in the past is it's the golf is the, it's the Trojan horse for talking about mental health and, and raising that awareness. It's, that is clearly the through line and what connects all of these conversations, but that's not, you know, we're not talking about scores. We're not talking about slope ratings. We're not talking about top 10 golf digest destinations. We're, we're talking about 
how does how does golf make you feel and uh and no one that we know is doing that right now yeah that is that is actually really true and don't get me wrong like i i would love to talk about pebble and going to scotland like that that stuff has a time and a place sure but to your point of like the power in golf at least how i see it is that regardless of who you are where you're from public course country club rich kid poor kid at the end of the day if you love this game if you really 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 love this game like you could look like me not look like me we can arguably be friends <laughs> totally because we have we already have something in common and when you think of other parts of life like it's i can't think of that many parts of life where outside of you know hey we went to the same college right which in itself has hurdles right <laughs> there aren't that many things that are able to combine people from different perspectives and, and have them have some sense of common ground right and and golf does that especially for guys um someone told me it was actually really funny um there was a woman she was saying that two guys will rarely ever say hey man like you want to hey drew you want to go like you know grab a coffee and go for a walk like no they won't do that but yeah. like you know my wife will go hang out on her friends and they'll go get a meal together and catch up and talk and go get a coffee or go for a walk. Like, you know, women are, are, are much more skilled when it comes to that sense of, of communication and connection. And guys, I mean, I guess our thing is golf. Like, <laughs> yes, I will spend I will spend four hours with you. I will talk to you a little bit somewhat. Right. And maybe I'll kind of open up and let, let the guard down a little bit. But we have to be outside and we have to go hit things around. Which I think is, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But whatever, but whatever it takes. It, it's you know? got to be a sport. You know, there's got to be some sort of athletic endeavor involved to make <laughs> right. it kosher yeah. for dudes to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I, but, that, but that's yeah. guys, I guess. I mean, I, I love the – I love that golf is the excuse to do that. Um, mm -hmm. As I'm playing more with folks I don't know, admittedly when we first started this show, I was – I was against it. I was vocally, outwardly against it. I was like, I'm playing with the same four dudes every week because I don't like anybody. Like you could, go, you could probably go back and listen to our first like three episodes, and I'm like, I'm not playing with anybody. I remember that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but this podcast is an exercise in vulnerability. It is an mm. exercise in to quote uh ferris put the hand up and mm -hmm. say you know i'm not okay or i need help or yeah. like maybe maybe you don't use those words but you're you're putting yourself out there enough you're you're pulling the the curtain back just enough to allow someone who might be listening to connect with you right. um that has uh it, it's been essential to to growing the community that we now have and yeah. that community gives me a lot i didn't know that it existed until the <laughs> until this podcast sure. um so i i mean i'm just i'll wear this hat you're gonna have to pry this off of me <laughs> <laughs> one of three no it's a sure. it's a really good point and i think that's what that's what makes our relationship feel so special is that there's no there's zero pretense like we ask each other for help when we need it 
even if it's mm-hmm. not in those words, we do raise the yeah. hand. And I think that is so important for if there's one thing, truly one thing that I think somebody who listens to group golf therapy can get out of the show is that you have to ask for help. You just have to, if you're not doing okay, even if you are doing okay and you're like, I need help on finishing this task, like just ask somebody for help because I, I, and truly what I think is so powerful about asking for help is in addition to getting some help from somebody, you actually in doing so might actually be giving the person that you're asking for help something yes. to. Mm-hmm. And I have a story like, so earlier this week, I, I spoke to somebody on the phone. I was having a weird week. It was just one of those, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like, I'm, I'm feeling a little lost kind of weeks that I know all of us in the creative space have from time to time. It was just one of those, one of those anxious weeks. And I called somebody up who is in the industry who has a lot of success, who is in a position of power. And I was like, listen, I, this is not a, a, a job ask. This is not a, a money ask. This is not an ask other than for, I just need you to hear me tell you that I'm not doing super well. And I'm like feeling some stuff right now. And mm-hmm. we had a great conversation. And two days later, this person texted me back and was like, Hey, I just got to tell you, I really enjoyed our call the other day because most of the time, a lot of people call me, they're asking for something. And all you gave me was like trying to relate to me as a friend. So thank you for that. And that gave me something back. So in, in asking for help, I got something out of that and happened to give something in return. And I think that that is such a powerful example of what vulnerability can do for people. It's, it's so important for, sure. for us yeah. to do that. Us, us uh, who identify as men who traditionally don't have that like on our radar. I'm not like, I, I, I had a similar situation and Connor, like, I'm just going to, I'll put it out there. Like Connor, like I reached out to you. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm not doing well, man. <laughs> like I, I need, mm-hmm. I just need to get this off. And mm-hmm. it was, that's what it was. Like, we just talked, you asked a few questions. I, you, you, you know, left the runway out there for me to say whatever I needed to say. And that was really powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Aside from my therapist and my partner, like nobody really gets that for me. So mm. it is so, so, so important to to say you you know you're not doing you're not doing okay or that you need help or that you know you need a friend or uh you know just just somewhere to to get your issue off very very mm-hmm. right or can we just go hit some balls like can we just go hit some balls together totally. sometimes it's just it's just that right like you know like someone is can you just go to the ranch can we just go hit some balls and like not say anything and just <laughs> yes <here>? and <laughs> And sometimes that in itself is that level of of, of therapy and, and escape that you need. You're you know? absolutely right. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes a shared silence is perfect. Yeah. I will. I, this is a perfect right. time to interject, though. If you yes. suspect that you are going through something very real, you should absolutely reach out to a mental health professional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yes, yes, not us. I, Correct. Coastline, I have only. 
become a better human being because of my therapist. I've been with two in my life. For sure. And the therapist I'm with currently, I've been with for a year. And that is the homie. (laughs) (laughs) The homie. (laughs) Does your therapist therapist play golf, Tito? I am 99.9% sure she does not. (laughs) Like, she tries to relate to me, but like... She's like, you know, you're going right. on the tee and you're doing your thing. And like, <laughs> you're on the fairway reading right. your putt. She's like, you know, she's like, you know, when you putt a touchdown and it just doesn't feel yeah. right. Doesn't feel like a home run. <laughs> yeah. You're scoring a, a basket in the goal of life. <laughs> yes. That's her. But, but I'll tell you, she, yeah, she gets me. <laughs> but the effort is there, you know? Um, I had a question. So, and it's for both uh, for Drew and for Brad. Um, whenever this podcast airs, this might not be super relevant, but Drew, I know. So, you're doing testing. You're doing club testing, right? For Golf Digest, correct? Yeah, I did did do club testing. You did. You're like, yep. are you? Is that like a? Is that a one time thing, or like when you're on the squad, like you were on the squad, and they're just like calling you up, like always? How does that work? I mean, I fingers crossed. Golf Digest. Bring me back. Uh, no, it's so it's a once a year summit that they that they do every year, like October, November. Uh, but a lot of the testers that that do the testing, there's 18 total. They've had like mm-hmm. one 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 guy was there, like that was his 13th year doing it. So um, I think just with the with how like arduous of a task and how um, you know how much work it is uh, for like not getting paid, it's. You know, if you're if you're in, you're in, and if the, you know if you're a you know a good person, they they usually bring people back. So yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll nice. get that invite this year. We'll see. No, that's exciting because it's just it's always good. I think like when you start to see different faces, and like we did an episode with uh, with Roger Steele and Bryce Butler, and you were talking about just like diversity in golf and a little bit about you know like the the good the bad like okay there have been some steps in the right direction and how does this ball keep moving forward and i think for me how i've been seeing it and just just my my own critique but i think there have been steps in the right direction across the board in terms of how golf is leaning into diversity embracing it and not just men it's like you know it's it's men it's women it's people of color um i mean last weekend when they you know they aired that um I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's the it was the Farmers Open. Um, I have to look it up. But like there was that other tournament, right, where there were like more black players and created the name of that league. Now I sound like an idiot, but like seeing stuff like that have pre- like prominence, like on the main stage, is really cool. Um, but then also, you know, when I see like Drew or when I see Brad on Scratch, like this combination of not just seeing faces like, oh, I'm gonna put you in a video, but then also like. legitimately giving people a platform is a, is a completely different game. Um, And at least like, even on my side, like working at fair game, like it's when you're actually, you know, helping drive the ship and, you know, and, and, and fix the ship and actually have a seat. It's a, it's a powerful thing. So for me, I think that that side of it is exciting. Uh, Like what are you guys seeing from, from your ends in terms of how the game is changing and perceptions of, how you see yourself in it and then how you think the game is seeing you. Like how how are you seeing that now? I have never been busier. (laughs) I'll say that. Mm. Um, I see, I see a concerted effort. 
I really do. Um, That's cool. I think for the the kid in all of us, I'll say I want to see mm-hmm. it on the highest stages. Tiger was amazing. Re- he yep. revolutionized professional sports, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying, uh, so let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, on the independent level, I see brands making an effort. Um, mm-hmm. On the, 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 the brand level, the media level, I'm seeing a, an effort, especially this month. Um, especially i need it but i need it to trickle (laughs) up you know and it it, and it starts at the youth level which is why i'm so incredibly invested Mm -hmm. in the scga junior program that connor and drew got to see firsthand i'm so 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 happy that y'all got to go and visit and play with those kids um this program like truly truly invests in uh in children of color of low income families. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's where I want to see it go though. I want to see this investment pay off. I want to see more coaches. I mm-hmm. want to see more collegiate athletes. I want to see more than just Howard getting uh, an endowment from a Phil Mickelson, right. a Steph Curry. How like I, that, that is, that is amazing. Hats off to them. Right. I need to see it happen at Bethune Cookman. I need to see it happen at Tuskegee. I need to see it happen at North Carolina A and T. I need to see it happen at Chicago State. Mm-hmm. I need to see that on, like, like across the board, so that mm-hmm. the 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 tide rises. You know what I mean? Like, I, the more sure. the more opportunities that are created for people of color, um, the harder it is for them to deny us. It's true. And then also it's like when I think of, because there's different, there's different ways to describe when you say highest level, what that means. Like for me, like growing up, it was, you know, I, I want to be an athlete. Like I, I wanted to play basketball for the longest. Right. Mm-hmm. And then realize it like, all right, well, you know, I went to school. I was, I, I played on my D3 team for a little bit. Like, I was trash. Like my left hand was garbage. So like that wasn't happening. And then I was going to art school. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be fine. But I've learned like over, over my years and just something about life, which I think is interesting is that sometimes the, the definition of highest level doesn't necessarily mean you are the face of something, right? Like hmm. yeah. someone has to be the marketing face, yes. but then there's also other, there are other positions of power where, you know, like the CFO of a company is a very important person, right? Like the person who is managing the cash flow, the in and out, like that's a very important role. And when you think of, you know, all of these really big institutions and, and clubs and organizations that, you know, are, are big and, you know, there are a lot of people I think behind the scenes that may not look like the people on this, on this podcast, but they are taking steps in the right direction to get more, more people like involved and, and doing those things, right? And I think that is a, a step in the right direction, but it's like, how do you get more people in those desks? Because I think, you know, when you change like the, the entire system, not just who's on the, on the front end of the, of the kitchen, if you will, 
like some really powerful thoughtful things happen. I remember hearing, and I don't know if this is 100% true, so no one like roast me on this podcast, but I heard there was a um, there was a time where Beyonce was working with an agency uh, to work on her campaign. I want to say it was with like it was Adidas or somebody, right? And she walked into the room and she saw the people that were sitting at the table, you know, it's the ad execs and the creatives and the designers and whatever. And she and she walked out is because for me to associate the brand and the matches that I want to build and the people that are actually making the stuff, right? Because it's one thing to make a thing, right? And the people who are making the thing don't embody the people that they're selling it to. Mm. That's one thing. And mm-hmm. that can be done. They've been doing that for decades, right? That's easy to do. But when you actually have, when the, the people that are making the things look like the people that are like consuming the things, that's a much larger, bigger systematic thing that I'd, I'd love to see more of. And the only true way to do that, it's you truly have to create systematic change and just it's it's a step here, step here, step here, step here, step here. And over time, you're right. It, it changes the, the entire system. So I agree. We'll yeah. where it goes. Hiring, hiring black yeah. people to be in positions of power is going to only be advantageous to whoever the brand or the company is. Like, don't fret. True. We know what white people like, too. <laughs> like, yes. we, yeah. we have we have so, so, so much material to work with. We... <laughs> Couple of years, couple yeah. of years. Yep. Stuff, yeah. You want to, you want to <laughs> shotgun some beers, do dizzy bat in the middle of the fairway. We got you, okay? Like, <laughs> it is, it is only going to help you. Saturday, Saturdays, right? For the boys, right. We could do that too. Yeah, we got it. I can. <laughs> oh god, I can't. I'm, t- I'm too, I'm too old. I can't do this. <laughs> These are the only boys I, 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 I want to fuck up. with right here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Andrew. I think it's. I think it was a uh, one one point that really stuck out to me was when you talked about the the people that are in the background that are that are the decision makers. And for me, like I've always, I've always looked at myself as a behind the scenes person, but I realized that I, growing up, I didn't see people that look like me in the golf space that I wanted to emulate. I think, I mean, the closest thing would be Tiger, you know, Tiger's half Asian. So I was like, you know, everyone talks about Mm -hmm. Tiger being black. Tiger's also half Asian. So for me, I was like, Hey, he's, he's one of us too. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but the, the older I get and, and getting a platform on social media, I realized that I can affect the next generation as well, which is really cool. And that's kind of why I've wanted to be more of a face in this space to show that it's it's safe for everyone and there's there's cool asian american people doing stuff too and it's it's not just for the old guard so um yeah i mean it, I, I don't really like to be the face of anything and i have i think pretty much intentionally tried to be a pretty private person even on my social but i think this this podcast and platform has definitely helped me to try and showcase more of my personal life and personality just to show that that uh that there are other voices out there and and that it's it's changing that's right drew you, you stake you stake your claim in time. You that's right <laughs> that's yeah. right baby you don't have to <laughs> it's true have you guys done a golf trip together like i know you guys have played like i've because I, I follow all of you like i thought you guys played in la like have you guys done a trip like somewhere not where one of you live, like 
have you gone to Bandit or overseas at all? No, we are yet to do. We were yet to play. Actually, we played our first round of 18 holes together in mm-hmm. L.A. Um, but I will say we are so hungry to to take a trip, just the three of us, play our first yeah. round of 18 holes together, just the three of us and like go in on some golf yeah. together because mm-hmm. you know up until now yeah. it's just been all talk so i want to see how you guys yeah. can actually play the closest, <laughs> right? the closest thing we the closest thing we got was uh when we were in wisconsin together uh we played at lasonia just the the three of us but then right. we get, ran into a little rain uh unfortunately so we didn't get to finish that round we played that was such a vibe too because we, it was just the three like we were just out there we had no agenda we were just Hitting like, there's right. no one on there the course no either there's out. no one ahead of us or behind us no yeah that's amazing yeah so yes and no yeah okay almost there right? almost yeah. there yeah if yeah. if things metastasize golf. the way that we hope them to in 2022 there will be a mm-hmm. lot of golf played betwixt the three of us this year mm-hmm. strong hopefully it's in your yeah. in your neighborhood uh we'll we'll be out in the east coast hopefully so We'll, we'll we'll make an exception. We'll 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 add you to our. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you based, Andrew? <laughs> right. I'm yeah. So I live in I'm in New York. Okay. I live in Cleveland. Yeah. No, that's that's our yeah. that's our next. Uh, yeah. 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 That's the next destination. I'm just here because you're yeah, from Jersey, right? South right? Jersey, yeah. Got it. So you're East Coast. Drew's Midwest. Connor, where are you from? Boston. You're from Boston. You guys are all basically East Coasters. Drew, you're kind of an East Coaster because you're not yeah. in LA, so you're an East Coaster. Basically. New York's my favorite city in the world, so I I, I identify with the, the Bucks East are in the Eastern Conference. So we, we welcome you. You're, you're, <laughs> that, is, that is that is true. <laughs> that is true. Wow. Yeah, but I will say, like, I have I've only ever been on how many golf trips have I been on? Two. I went to Scotland with a buddy, mm-hmm. one one friend of mine, a guy named Jamie, and then I went to band in dunes with jamie uh and sam who you guys shot with at scratch and those are the only two golf trips like like full-on golf bro trips that i've ever been on in my life and they were amazing really low for yourself and like you gotta you gotta you gotta come to wisconsin and play some golf then yeah we do we were talking about oh what do we do with San, san san valley or you know somewhere else out there but yeah that's a yeah that is a like it's kind of like a bucket list thing and at least for me it's like I kind of don't really care where, honestly. It doesn't like, matter. If you get a yeah, you get a couple cats that like you guys just want to like hang out and just do golf and do nothing else. Like that's dope. Man, I'll I'll go on I'll go on a, a golf trip with these guys to play the the Muni courses in like southern yes. Missouri. And it will be it will be just as meaningful and just yes. as fun as going mm-hmm. to Bandon or going to Ireland. Like, you know, truly. it's like mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 the hang. It's all it's all. We could go golf right now in the, the alley. hundred percent. And, and it, it would be lit. It would be fun. Pitch like, and putt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, even well, when we were in L.A. at uh, at Don Canabi, just you know, a little little pitch, pitch and putt. putt. That was a, amazing. Was a vibe. Amazing. I would rather do. I w- I would rather do that with 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 you guys and and Ryan and and the the group that we had than go up to Bandon if it wasn't right. with you guys. You know, and I had to go right. with strangers like. Right. Every day of the week, I would take that. Andrew, golfers love a hang. It's true. Yeah. Do you like to play by yourself, Andrew? Do you play golf by yourself ever? Ever? I do like playing by myself. Okay, why? I consider myself to be a a little bit of I don't want to say lone wolf because that makes me sound like I'm some type of badass or whatever. But 
I really like being by myself. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. I like the quiet. I'm not a super social person. I can kind of vibe with those groups, but not really. But like golf, I could golf with myself a lot. Sometimes I'll play with friends and sometimes I'll just, I'll roll up to a course and like get paired up with a bunch of random people. And that in itself is a lonely round. Mm -hmm. Or like I'll just go, yeah, I, I love it. It is, especially living in New York where there's so much noise working in design and media. My brain is is firing so fast all the time. And like, I'm thinking about work, I'm taking a, sh a shower and like designing an email for mm. in my head while I'm, it's just, it's always going. And like golf is that like, it just, mm. everything stops. And especially when I'm by myself, it is, the, it is the true like refresh because when Monday comes back around, it's back to 75 miles an hour again, because that's just <laughs> the gig. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I, I love playing with myself. I love that. Yeah. And can I just say, if I could have literally anything in my life designed by you, I would be the happiest person around because you have <laughs> one of the best, like you, you are such a curator of style. And I, I admire that so much in somebody because I, I am bereft of style. Like I have no sense. I have no design <laughs> sensibility whatsoever. So I, I really admire that in you in particular because you're oh, a thanks, badass. Man. I appreciate that. You know, what's interesting about style when you talk about it is that, and this is something that I've learned as probably the oldest person on, on this call. I was talking to my wife about this the other night, but like this notion of, I think we were talking about creativity and like creativity is as a muscle. And it's interesting how it compares to work as well as golf, where I feel like I do some of my best work and I probably play some of my best golf when I am not thinking mm -hmm. about it too much. And you kind of have to get into this like flow state of just like doing and not thinking. And, even, and it's everything. It's, it's really interesting. It's like it's playing golf or like I'm designing things or I'm like picking out my clothes and I'm like, how does this go with this? And like you get into this flow where you're not like overthinking every part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where you see the most magic. I don't know why that is, but I've always found that interesting. Um, but it's, it's also like a very hard like state to stay in. Because you, you you find the groove and you get out of it. Like, you know, with golf, like you're hitting shots and like you're not thinking, you're just you're just executing and you're like, right. yes. And then you get to this point of you're like, oh, wait, you're like, wait a second. Am I playing good right now? And then it just like kind of like crumbles. And then but it's a fascinating, I guess they call it flow state. It's an interesting state. It's an interesting find. state when you can um, ingest something that helps you get to the flow state too because <laughs> my my best yes my best round ever was i was all so <laughs> he's I on was a higher a, plane i was i was vibrating at a higher frequency like alter like a l t a r like you just prayed or something yeah i'm just i'm just kidding oh. <laughs> the, the answer is not no i did feel closer to god let me tell you <laughs> no that, yeah. that that really yeah. resonates a lot with me too because like i um I've told you about this, Andrew and Brad and Drew know about this, but I'm I'm undergoing a project this year throughout the year of trying to break par for the first time ever. And so I'm having mm -hmm. to ask myself for the first time in a long time, how do I play the best golf that I can play? And that's really mm -hmm. challenging because like you said, Andrew, when you're playing your best golf, a lot of times, and I think this resonates with within this group as creative people, you're just you're just doing, you're just creating you're just making things happen without thinking about them and the second that i put any degree of technicality on it or any degree of like prescription on it or like you need to do this 
right. the obelisk crumbles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I and I lose everything. So it's uh it's an it's an interesting exercise to to try and like figure out what gets you into that flow state um without thinking too hard about it. It's a weird balance. For sure. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of like I think it's repetition mm-hmm. and you have to do it so much that you don't have to think about it. Because it's probably something that, like, I don't know, the next time I'm with Adam, I might ask him. But, like, you know, when when you won the Masters, like, were you even <laughs> thinking about, like, because I, I, so I, I, I want to know the answer to that right, question so right. badly. Like, like I I think, and I could be wrong, that, like, he was probably in just, in just the zone of concentration and execution that, like, you're not even thinking about, you know, all, you're just focusing on the, on the one specific task at hand, which in right. itself is amazing. And then you take a step back and you're like, whoa, like what, what just happened? Right. He's just doing, yeah. he's just being, Yo, that's just doing, not even doing, yeah. he's being. And that, that's right. where, I, that's where we all need to get is just be, you know what that is? That's meditation. <laughs> that's meditation. Yeah. Right. You can get to right. a point it where is. your golf is meditation and you're right. You are not judging what has happened or the thoughts that enter your mind or the shot that you just hit and you're just allowing it and and moving on to the next that is that is the purest form mm-hmm. of meditation i'm only saying that i'm not saying that like i've had you know years of experience of meditation but mm-hmm. i'm i mean we sure. we talked to i'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a name <laughs> we talked to rick shields about meditation <laughs> we did we and did. i've been i've been back rick. on my headspace and I mean, my, my, my teacher talks a lot about that. Just the flow state like that. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. If we were to talk to Hideki right now and be like, yo, what was on your mind? He'd be like, uh, mm-hmm. probably like hitting this five wood. And then like, what's for dinner tonight? Right, <laughs> like, right. And, and that's it. And that's, and, that's and it. just like, that. what am I yeah. going to put on my champions dinner <laughs> right. menu next year? <laughs> Come on the pod, Hideki. Um, not to not to flip turn the tables too much, and if you have another question for us, Andrew, stop me. But I'm curious, like, sure. on the design, on the creativity question, with you being like relatively new to the golf industry, I'm curious, what do you think is designed really well in golf as it stands, and what do you think is designed mm. really poorly in golf right now as it stands? What would you Name change? Names. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. <laughs> that is <Right>. crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Tell me why Adidas is the worst. Right, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's so interesting because my perspective on design, and this is something that like like working in advertising in New York City, there's this there's an ebb and flow to visual visual trends and what's in what's relevant to mainstream culture, right? And for me, like, you know, and most designers would say the same thing. Like, I like minimal, simple design. And I've always, for me, maybe I'm just like a a unique case, but like, I have always thought that way in all of my work. It's always been less about how many things can I cram on the page and more about how can I communicate a message in the least amount of things possible, right? And I think there's a... Sometimes I see good and sometimes I see bad. Like, you know, like uh, Adidas will do some decent stuff. Like Nike had a pretty dope run. Like when when Nike had that like Nike golf club like vibe, Yo. like this was years ago. That was beautiful because 
what I found beautiful in that work was that it was it was golf that didn't look like golf mm-hmm. because it, it took on this editorial fashion, but then kind of urban lens. Um, and I've always been inspired where people in different categories and brands in different categories look outside of their category for inspiration. Like some of the greatest music artists of our time, that's how right. they make the best music. Like if you actually listen to, you know, if you sit down with Jay-Z or, you know, I'll say it, Kanye, any of these people, and you actually like listen or, or listen to them talk about what inspires them to make what they make, it's not what you think. Like Jay-Z is not going to say that like, oh, I'm inspired by rap. I'm sure he's inspired by a lot of the great ones out there, but he's probably going to like throw out some stuff that you've never heard of. Right? He, he might so much throw about out Boston. some yeah. like some weird, <laughs> right. right. He might throw out some like weird, weird, crazy thing. So for me, it's like within golf. And I mean, even just like the overall like aesthetic, I've, I've tried to like, you know, visualize what we make a fair game is that like, it's like a, com- a little bit of like minimalism. But then also like a little bit of like, you know, like a, a premium clean feel, but then it has this kind of like modern vibe with like how you use color. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a hybrid and myriad of like things in different categories and things that I've seen in fashion and in music and in art that I've, I bought, I found interesting mm-hmm. and like pulling, pulling those things and like making something new because that's, I don't know. So, but to throw out names, like if I was going to name some brands that I think are doing a really dope job like from like an aesthetic design perspective, like my personal style and it's from your neck of the woods, Drew. Like I like, there's a brand called Northwest Knitting Company. Um, I like their clothes, but I also like their modern design because it's just like simple, right? It's really clean and simple. Um, but in within golf, like all of the bigger club manufacturers, they have a, I don't know, they just have like a normal, like it's kind of mass, like commercially vibe, which that's what sells. Um, it's cool. It's not like my POV. I like the clean and simple stuff, but I don't think any of the big brands would ever go that, that far. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I like what a lot of the small guys do because the small guys are down to, to try fresh things. Like there's also these guys, um, they have an Instagram account and they make some small little, uh, merchy pieces that called golf architecture. Oh, I don't know if you guys know this. Oh. Love golf attacker. They're, they're, they're part of the crew. That's, homie. that's gang. Yeah. 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 We I think we all but have the tiger like, blonde shirt. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like there's some things that they make are like just it's simple and smart. And it, it has this like it's kind of mathematical mm-hmm. um and a little architectural and a little witty and a little nerdy. And mm-hmm. there's just not that in golf. So I think for me it's like I'm always refreshed when I see people that are inspired by, you know, other facets of life mm-hmm. and, and, and bring that thinking into, I've always found that really cool. So yeah, I don't know. I keep it simple as my model. I love it. Me. Mm. Same. Shout out to David at Golf of Texture. I just ordered, I just ordered three more so pieces good. from him. Actually one of them got here uh, today. It's like, this. you must, you must have the whole collection by now. Damn near. I have I have four of the tiger <laughs> shirts because I I'll wear one like I have like a like <laughs> like my going out tiger shirt right like <laughs> I have the one I play in <laughs> I have the one I work out in and then yeah. I have like the, game the day first jersey, one yeah. that I ever had which like the pits are just gone you know <laughs> like I'm about to cut the sleeves off gone. of that one 
the 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 scorecard shirt when you wore that oh, uh, yeah. our RGC video, we got so many questions like, "What the what is that shirt?" Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You got we got so many I inquiries get, about that. I get an right. inquiry My, almost every day about the tiger shirt. I was like, "Davey, you got to raise yeah. the price, bro. Just just <laughs> raise it five bucks, man. Just, just raise the price, <laughs> right? Because yeah. the people the people want it, yeah." I, I wore that when I met all the Golf Digest people for the first time. Um, and they're like, well, we didn't know you before this, but. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we don't know anything about you, but Yo, that's dope. Drew, you're, you're, that's cool. you're about to, like, you're, you're going back. Like, you're going to be Golf Digest, bro. Like, it's, it's a done deal. I, I, sure so. I binged those videos. I they're really good. They're quite good. Just because really I good. wanted to see you, like <laughs> I I loved it. I loved it. Appreciate that. I wanted more right? Drew. Frankly, that is true. And sometimes that is like, and that is again the power of you know diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Yes. When you when you put different people in the mix, like you know people are like, oh wait, I kind of want to yes. watch this now. Like this is dope. Go figure. Yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, for the, for, it was, it was very interesting with how that whole testing process went because I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a young person. I'm, I'm 34 years old. Um, but there was, I, I was still one of the younger or maybe one of the youngest people there testing golf clubs. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I would have assumed they might've had a few, maybe 20 somethings and there might've been, I, I, I don't obviously know everyone's age, but there's the crowd was definitely skewed older. So um, yeah, it was it was very it was very eye opening to see the process. I mean, they definitely had people from, uh, you know, the the main thing is handicap level and and mm -hmm. right. you know, how how good of a player you are because that determines your assessment of of the the categories of clubs. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely interesting to see the the cast of characters that they had down there. Um, I will say one nerdy thing about that that I've always thought about, and I don't know the answer, is that what was the highest handicap that was present there? Do you know? Um, I, I don't know an exact number, but I would say probably somewhere between 20 and 30. Um, cause they oh, had, wow. so, so they got a pretty good spectrum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, and, sure. and like four, so I was in the, I was, there was, there was an A group, a B group and a C group. I was mm -hmm. in, I was in the A group, not to, not to brag. Um, but the, <laughs> the A group didn't actually, we didn't test the high handicap clubs. Right. Um, and like the high handicappers didn't test the players. Irons. They're like, no, so, no, 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 no. Plebeian. Yeah. You're not allowed to use right. the blades yeah. today. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. Sorry. We keep those uh, I'm thinking about away. the dude who's, who's been a, a 24 for his, you know, for his t ninth year at golf digest. And they're just like, right. Larry. Right. No instructors. Don't, Don't get, get better. better. We yeah. need you. Don't get, get better. Yeah. Always yeah. I mean, well, well the, some the the one dude, what the one dude, Gary from Canada. He, I think he had been there seven or eight years, and he was that's in the what, high handicap. That's what I'm talking about. So, well, you, you, it doesn't matter how much he Can plays. Get, he's uh, he's bring, still out bring, there. So. Uh, what's his name? Gary back. He's a he's a twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just a, see, that's really cool. Just a great yeah. dude. Terrible golfer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like that's cool. I didn't know. I thought they just had like, all right, you have to be uh, you know, single digit or, you know, very, very low double digit to test clubs, but they're actually like because I'm I'd be curious to know what the average handicap was in the country. Like the average golfer is X. Like is the average mm -hmm. golfer like a 20, right? Because because when you flip through the magazine, and maybe this is just me, like 
we all want the fire. Everybody wants the fire sticks. They're not for you. Right. But then you're yeah. you're assessing. Everyone wants the blades. Kind of, yeah. Everybody wants the blades. Yeah. No one can hit them. Yeah. They should they should let the high handicappers hit the blades just so they can see what they feel. They're like. not gonna like the way it's they terrible. feel. I guarantee it. But the yeah. men well, men's well, shank house. One one takeaway that I actually had was I I, I don't I don't play hybrids and I, I'm not. I don't know. Like I just, it's, it's never been something I've tried and I tried the hybrids mm-hmm. there and I was like, I, I think I'm actually missing something. And I also tried some of the higher handicap clubs and I was mm-hmm. like, these are so easy to hit. And I hit my seven iron like 190. Like, why am I not playing high? Like the, you know, the big, the fat, grab those. the fat clubs. Yeah, grab like, they got the go-go juice. I'm, like, I'm not, like, I'm not, take yeah, them. I'm not, I'm not. I'm, I I can play good golf, but I'm not good. I'm definitely I'm I'm not Cole Owens. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was an inside joke. I'm not Cole Young. Um, I'm not Cole Young. I'm not good enough to play Blades. So, uh, nope. yeah, it's oh. like it's it feels like cheating to play the the the. the if they made cavity, cavity backs look good, we would all be playing them. You kidding me? You don't even right. know. You don't even that's know the thing. technology They're is so in thick. my my six iron. That that's not for you. It looks yeah. good. That's all that you yeah. need to know. <laughs> yeah, they're just right. horrendous to look at. Right? They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah some aren't bad though. The, cav- the some of the cavity bags are just yeah, like the the. They look like the Adam of, hybrid yeah. iron set. All of them. Right. And right, nobody exactly. is trying yeah. to pull even the pitching up wedge in a in a carry bag and try and look cool with the with the. With a mallet putter no, for no, the 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 four the fourteen the fourteen club individual uh, golf bag. No, Nobody no wants that. Right. That's not a good look. No. With with all hybrid with the pitching wedge, which is which is also somehow right. a hybrid. <laughs> right. I, I but I will say right, and it's not for me. I understand the club with the fourteen compartments. Right. Theoretically, I understand it. Now. Is it very big and very bulky? Yes. Like, <laughs> like my my level of OCD mm. would be like, oh, okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you have to be the golfer that consistently puts your clubs back oh, in the yeah. same slots. But like, I'm I think not, they do. I'm though. not. Yeah. Ooh, but that's a yeah. I guess if you have fourteen slots, you, you're putting them back in the same slot. Not the same slot. That's why you have it. That's. I, I mean, I would. That's, that's a chaotic individual if they don't. Co- yeah. Color me really? chaotic, and then and then my never, first golf bag had fourteen and slots. And never get mixed. Up? I could not for the life of me. Like I would hit oh. a shot, and then just like, like throw, right, throw, just throw it in. <laughs> There's just three in the one in. hole. You're like, just oh my god, it it back I can't get them. Yeah, Whatever. You couldn't. Yeah. You breaking. You're breaking off clubs because you can't get them out. I quickly realized. I feel yeah, like it's just I a matter of time. Realized that yeah. was not the move, and I needed to take a breath before I looked at <laughs> before I put the. Okay. Just keep it simple. What yeah, kind of what simple. what bags do you guys play now? Are you guys carry bags? We're all Jonesies, Jonesmen. Yeah, yeah. Jo- Jones squad. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. A, I'm team team McKenzie. Over nice. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. high quality yeah, someday. Craft, high quality yeah, craftsmanship, someday. and uh, yeah, someday we'll get there too. The Jones is good. The Jones right. is good. For, Jones. Very affordable for me. The right. The the problem with me for Jones is because I have. I don't know if you guys can see this, but like my hands, I am j- jumbo mm. grips. And uh, yeah. the, the the my cl- like the just to get the clubs out of the top, then the narrow opening, like because Jones has that mm-hmm. like like that hard kind of like plastic rim, mm-hmm. which is great. The back keeps its shape, but then for me, like the clubs mm-hmm. always got stuck. Uh, so I'd need like a, oh. I need so like there's a, a there's a practical reason. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 
it makes sense because it keeps the bag rigid. But for me, it was like the yeah, it's just you know my, like my a, grips are too big. And I, yeah. yeah, I just gotta I say about going bigger. This grip, is the most know? we've ever talked golf whilst being recorded yeah. ever. I think ever ever really yeah. Uh, this and and uh, the Michael Michael Williams pod. Yes, correct. The most golf. I think this. Centered, I think this uh, one tech. goes. I think this this is it though. This goes yeah. deeper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a healthy mix. Of, you got to mix it up. It's a healthy mix. Right. No, we right. love we balance. love the game. Bro. We yeah. love the game. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm a golf nerd. We love the game. Right. That's the thing. Because then, yeah, then we'll, we will always be golf nerds. But we can also talk about right. other stuff. And that's cool. Should we hit them with the meat and potatoes? Any? Uh, yeah. What we'll, is that? We'll yeah. give them a couple. Unless, yeah. Let's let's end with. Well, actually. Do you have any other like written things for us, Andrew? Because I don't like we can um, we can end no. with that or we can end with the meat and potatoes. Yeah, we have um, we have a we couple can end with the meat and potatoes. All right, yeah, all right, we gotta, we, I covered we all my good stuff. Yeah, okay, hit me with the meat and potatoes. All right. Um. Oh, do you want to go? No, go for it. Oh, um, what is, what are some of your favorite golf smells? Hmm. Favorite golf smells. Uh, grass being cut, mm-hmm. like when the when the mower has just gone by, mm-hmm. um, that's a good smell. Um, the rare smell of the like it's just kind of sprinkled a little bit, and the air has mm, that like no. this is that rain smell. Yes, yes. that the rain, it's good. Um, I love that. That smells great. I mean. Teas have a nice smell to them too, you know. Mm. Just those like those those fresh yeah, fresh packet teas. You take like, it out of the bag, yeah. Right. Just 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 fresh tea smell. That's that's about it. I like that. You yeah. know, glove smell is nice. The Cabretta mm. leather smells really good. True. A new glove. Fresh, not, not, oh, new glove. Yeah. Right. A fresh that's glove. The one. A new a new glove smell. Right. Yeah. That one's that one's yeah. good. Um. Okay. Imagine that you are walking up eighteen and you're in. A flow state at the masters and you have you know you're up three <laughs> three shots to win you hold the final putt you win next year when you're coming back what is on your champion's dinner menu oh how many okay so here's my question and this is also maybe something that i should ask out of next time i'm in person because he's done this um like is there a, a limit limitation to the amounts of proteins it's your menu or it's just kind of go like off whatever. Yeah. whatever you want mm. go off mm. Mm. Okay, well, to start, I mean, some type of like iceberg, like lettuce salad is fire with the with the blue cheese and like the little like bacon crumbles, mm-hmm. but not the bacon bits, like the thick cut bacon that's been like, like a cooked, lardon, crispy. <laughs> yes, like a lardon bacon. Yeah. There it is. With the blue, with the blue cheese dressing, knowledge right, right. there. <laughs> right, that's that's the starter salad. Um, I mean, pro- protein wise, I'd probably have to go. I- I'm a steak guy. Like, mm. I love a good steak, a, a nice little porterhouse, uh, medium rare. Mm. Um, I- I'm simple, you know, give me some like grilled asparagus on the side. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of like another, you know, type type of cream spinach is always a Ooh. hit, you know, people like yeah. that. Mm. Um, and also, I think it might be nice to mix in a couple because, you know, I am Guyanese, like, you know, my, my family's from Guyana in South America. So, like, I will eat any form of curry, like any time of any time of the week. So if there was, you know, another like, hey, if you want the steak, cool. But if you also want some like shrimp curry and roti over there on the side, you can get in with that, too. 
So, you know, I would have that, um, you know, and, and it's a full open bar. It's like, you know, pick, pick your poison over there. There's, there's seltzer, there's, there's citrus to slice up and put in your thing. Um, mm. You know, the, the, the cocktail of the night would probably be something rum based. Mm. So, you know, love it. That's it. That's a good menu. And, um, I like that. You know, I'm pulling up to that. Dessert would, yeah, dessert would probably be fruit because, you know, I'm old and like you got to watch that sugar intake. <laughs> so, to. you know, yeah, so we, we have a nice little, a nice little fruit. Mm. But that would be the vibe. I'm, I'm pulling up. That sounds divine. <laughs> that's a funny, that's, yeah. that's solid. Yeah. That's a fun little lecture. So I got to do that more. What is the time on the golf course you have laughed the hardest? Mm, laugh the hardest. Um, I mean, I did laugh a lot when I I, I shanked that shot on eighteen at, at San Andreas. <laughs> I've told that story, not to you guys. Um, That'll do yeah, it. But I like my second shot was shanked into town, oh. and like it bounced off a motorcycle, and like it was really funny. <laughs> It was funny for a second, and then it was just like really sad. But it was just like you know, was, <laughs> oh, that no. was funny. That's that's um, good to hear that your immediate reaction you know, was. I'm laughter. trying to think of the times that I laughed. Right, because you just like it's because no, it's what, so what ridiculous. Else, yeah, like, what put a motorcycle do, there, right. but I'm picturing 18 to say <laughs> right, and I know that there are vehicles on the right side. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, parked there. Right, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah. There's also just like a massive um, building know, there. Like to... there are so many things you could hit on the right side of eight. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yes. And it's, you picked the motorcycle. The right, yeah. <laughs> many things. You well, yeah, that's one of the smaller things to hit too. True. I know. Pro. Was it, it was it parked or moving? It was parked. It hit okay. the back. You, you know, you know how motorcycles, those like European motorcycles have the little trunk helmet. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. it's the helmet thing. Okay, it hit cool. that right. Yeah, that's and it's, a small I, target. I'd have yeah. lost it at that too, right. honestly. For sure. The bad shots make me the bad shots make me laugh because they're so ridiculous. Hmm. Like when you four put, you have to you have to see the humor in that. It's just it's like it's it's yeah. ridiculous. It just there's know. no other choice. So yeah. It's no. It's 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 beautiful to be able to come to that point because I was I was definitely a, a more of a, a rage monster when I was younger and and the bad shots really got me down. And I feel, well, I don't feel, I know I'm a better golfer now at, at age 34 than I was when I was 17 because I, you know, I would just get down on myself. I'd want to break a club after a bad shot. And now it's just like, I'm not playing for score anymore. I'm just having fun. So the, the bad shots are, yeah. are so much easier to laugh at. Um, Bro, right. I, I mean, I wish I would have brought that energy thinking back about then. You, Drew, thinking <laughs> about you, like getting super angry is so foreign to me. Dude, totally, like, it was bad. You're one of the most. You should, you should see me when I was 14. Like, sweetest humans I know. I'm not. <laughs> like, it's true. <laughs> Ask my dad. He's had some stories where I I walked off of the the hole that we were playing with him and like my uncle. <laughs> and I just like walked to the next hole without them. You're like uh, I'm done. It's yeah, over. because I was so upset about a, a shot that I had, and it's like I. You know, maybe just Golf blame, the, blame the hormones or something. I don't know. I was like preteen. Connor, we got we to put him on the couch. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got to put him you, on the couch. All right, Andrew, um, if you could play a round of golf with a younger version of yourself, what do you mm-hmm. think the conversation would be like? What do you think you would what do you think you would tell younger version of Andrew about Ooh. where you are now? You know, maybe some advice. But like more importantly, I think like what would the conversation be about? What would you talk to him about? 
I think there would be a lot of conversation. That's like a really good question. Um, I think there would be a lot of conversation about one, because I think this was something that like I didn't have as a younger version of myself was just someone to talk to. Like, mm-hmm. how how are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. how's life? Like, that just wasn't culturally, like me as a person, a little bit of introverted, like that just wasn't available to me Mm. just to have someone be like, you know what, like, what's going on? Like, how are you? Like, like you good? Like, how's life? Let's just, you know, let's just unpack that. I think that would be interesting to talk about because I'd be very curious to see what younger version of myself would, would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a little bit like some level of like advice and guidance in terms of like, like if I'm saying like, if younger me knows that he's playing with older Andrew, Mm -hmm. like, I think I would try to impart some sense of like, because I see this now, like as I'm as I'm getting older, is the overall notion of you don't you don't see where you're going yet, mm. and that's okay. But just just keep doing what you're doing mm. because when you're younger, like that's really hard. And sometimes like there are some kids that I've um, you know designers that I've worked with in the past and interns and people that I've mentored. It's like. And they'll, they'll ask me questions like, and they'll be like, you know, I'm working my first job out of school and clients are asking me annoying questions and they kind of don't know what to do when they get frustrated. And I, and I give them that level of like, when I was in your shoes, like I used to feel the exact same way that you felt the rage, the frustration of like, they don't like my work and they're making it bad. And, you know, giving them some advice of like, it's going to be cool. Like you have to understand that design is not about you. It's about you meeting someone in the middle and creating something that you both love. Like that's what design is. And it's easy to make things for yourself. Like, but when you can make things that get other people excited, that's, that's where the real power is. So I would just, you know, be like, dude, like just keep doing what you're doing. Like my first job out of school, I was working at a not so great agency making coupons for Pepsi. Mm -hmm. Like that was my first job out of school as a designer, but like you have to put in the reps of doing the things that don't seem so fun to get to a point in your life where you're doing bigger, bigger things. And even now, like, you know, I don't, I don't think about this a lot, but like, Oh, I'm a creative director or or VP executive creative director is my official title at a, at a company in golf. If you asked me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if I would be doing this, I'd be like, you're crazy. You're you're just, it doesn't, no, there's no way. Yeah. But I just, I just did my thing. And like the really powerful thing about that is that I never thought in a million years that I would be working at golf. Like golf was something that I picked up and it was a hobby and it was a thing that I did on the weekend and I freaking loved it. And all I did was play golf and hit golf balls and drag my friends to go play golf and just try to play as much as I can because I was obsessed with the game and shared it on Instagram. And I would just be like, this is, this is my perspective on life. This is my passion. I just did that. And then like next thing you know, like worlds collide and here we are. So it's just like, just do your thing. Like, even though it doesn't seem like what you're doing right now isn't like what you want to do. Because I do think sometimes in life, the notion of finding a job or finding a thing that you do that you're truly passionate about, it's a it's a little bit of a mystery. And, this, and there's, I feel like you're never truly in a place where all the stars align and like everything is like perfect. It's like you have a state in your life. I'm here and this is who I am right now. Fully embrace that moment. And then the next step will reveal itself when you're ready. 
So, damn. Yeah, and then we'd eat a hot dog and and chill. So. There's a lot there. That was that was really powerful. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the mic drop right there. Yeah, man. That was fun, guys. That was really cool. First collab pod. First collab pod in the books for Andrew Haynes. <laughs>